Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash CNN for a $1 per month trial. Hey everyone, I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Friday, August 18th. With Donald Trump pretty much ruling out, showing up at the first Republican primary debate of the campaign season, where does that leave the rest of the field with what they need to accomplish on Wednesday? So there's a question about whether or not a debate without a frontrunner is a debate at all. I would argue it is, and clearly there still will be roughly seven or eight candidates who have qualified and will show up at the first Republican National Committee primary season debate next Wednesday in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. But Donald Trump, according to our reporting, has been telling people over the last 24 hours that he is pretty convinced there's nothing to gain for him by showing up at this debate. He has said publicly he is so far ahead in the polls, he doesn't want to give people the opportunity to take potshots at him. And his team of advisors have been putting together a counter-programming strategy, which includes perhaps sitting down for an interview with the former Fox News host, Tucker Carlson, perhaps at precisely the same time as the debate. So what about those candidates who will be on the debate stage? Well, first of all, the qualification window does not close officially until Monday at 5 p.m. That is the deadline for when candidates need to have proved to the RNC that they have met both the polling requirement threshold as well as the donor requirement threshold, which remember, you need 40,000 individual donors in order to meet that part of the requirement to get on the debate stage. As of this recording on Friday afternoon, eight candidates have qualified for the debate stage. That includes Donald Trump. There is the potential for a ninth candidate, little-known Perry Johnson, who may be on a quixotic campaign for president, but still may have met the polling and donor thresholds We await the RNC's adjudication of Johnson's qualifications. As for some of those major contenders not named Trump, well, they were at a gathering in Georgia today hosted by conservative radio host Eric Erickson. And at this event in Atlanta, the topic of the debate and what to do, whether Trump is there or not, came up. Listen to how Florida Governor Ron DeSantis approached that matter. Everyone should debate. Uh, If you qualify, uh, I think you owe it to the people to put out your vision, uh, to talk about your record, answer questions about about your record and decisions that you may have made or not made. And if you're not willing to do that, then I think that that people are not going to look kindly on that. DeSantis also was saying that he hopes the debate's focus will not be on all the Trump legal woes we've been hearing about, or at least that's what he seems to be referring to, but instead is a debate focused on the future. I hope that uh, we will be focused on the future of the country rather than uh, some of the other static that's out there right now. Because a lot of the static, a lot of the things about looking backwards, uh, that is not going to help us secure this border. Uh, That is not going to help these middle class families who are struggling to even afford groceries. It's not going to help them uh, get better. 
Chris Christie, the long shot for the Republican nomination, the former New Jersey governor who has made taking Donald Trump down on the debate stage a centerpiece of the entire rationale for his candidacy. He was on CNN this morning, and he offered this about his approach to the debate. What people are going to understand is I'm the only one who's telling the truth about Donald Trump. And that's what a Republican's going to have to do in order to win the presidency in November. I'm about beating Joe Biden, but we got to have someone who can beat him. And Donald Trump cannot beat him. Now, former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson is in a bit of a bind. He has already qualified in terms of the polling threshold, which was 1% in three national polls or a combination of 1% in a couple of national polls and a couple of early state polls. But he has not yet crossed that 40,000 individual donor threshold. He and his campaign say they are still on a quest all weekend long to try and make that happen. He was on CNN earlier today and was pressed about the fact there are people who say if you can't garner enough support to meet these qualifications for the debate stage, is it time to close up shop and end your candidacy? Well, I think you got to measure it every day and be fair about it. But if you got a reasonable chance to make the goals on the second debate, uh, then uh, you'll be a part of the discussions. But I'm in Iowa right now, and the overwhelming sense I get is uh, they haven't made up their mind what direction they're going, but they're ready to move away from Donald Trump. Former Texas Congressman Will Hurd has the reverse problem. He says he's actually met the donor threshold, but he has not yet met the polling threshold to qualify. And I think, you know, uh, folks like um, the governor of New New Hampshire, Chris Sununu, uh, has also cl- talked about how if there's no pathway to victory um, towards winter, uh, then people need to start thinking about consolidating. And I think that's a that's pretty sound logic as well. But for me right now, we're going to focus on uh, we're going to focus on debate prep and getting ready and and getting ready to speak the truth to power. Miami Mayor Francis Suarez put out a statement today from his campaign suggesting that they have met the donor and polling threshold. But according to the RNC and to CNN's own poll tracking of polls that fit the RNC requirements here, Suarez has not yet met the polling threshold to get on the debate stage. Now, for those folks that get on the debate stage, what are they doing to prepare for this moment? This will be the first time that many, many Republican voters will be tuning in to take stock of the field. And perhaps a debate without Donald Trump soaking up all the oxygen on the stage is a real opportunity for these folks to break through as a Trump alternative. My colleague Steve Contorno has a piece on CNN.com. I urge you to take a look at it if you want to be ready for Wednesday night's debate about what each campaign has been up to. Former Vice President Mike Pence, for instance, has practice with and without a Trump stand-in, while South Carolina Senator Tim Scott's campaign manager just tells him to go, quote, have fun. Ron DeSantis is getting help from a past debate whisperer for both college champions and past presidential nominees. And a pro-DeSantis super PAC seemed to put out an entire debate strategy memo for all to consume. The New York Times was first to report about this memo appearing online. And in that memo, which seemed clearly designed for consumption by the candidate himself and his campaign, and to do so publicly since the super PAC and the campaign can't directly coordinate, among the ideas there were that DeSantis should hammer Vivek Ramaswamy who's been rising in the polls in this race, and to defend President Donald Trump whenever Chris Christie comes at him for an attack. 
Of course, now everyone will be watching to see how closely Ron DeSantis's performance on Wednesday night mirrors the exact guidance he was getting from his supporting super PAC. For Christie's part, he doesn't just have Trump in his sights. He was in Miami, Florida today, and he clearly plans on taking on DeSantis as well. People are really beginning to wonder what the hell he stands for. And if what he stands for is defending Donald Trump, then just drop out of the race and endorse him. As with all things Donald Trump, yes, his plans could change at the last minute. Maybe there would be an 11th hour change of heart and he wants to show up on the debate stage. We just saw this with that proposed news conference he was planning to have on Monday, pushing back on the indictment he's under in Georgia, claiming he was going to put forth a whole report of evidence that the election was rigged when it clearly was not. Guess what, folks? No surprise here. Donald Trump has canceled that press conference on Monday under advice of his lawyers. He sat down with Fox Business yesterday in an interview where we heard his first on-camera reaction to the Georgia indictment. It's a witch hunt. It's just a continuation of a witch hunt because I have four of them now. If you look, I mean, this is not even possible Four over the next last couple of months. uh, And frankly, it discredits everything. We know Donald Trump has until next Friday to surrender in Fulton County, Georgia, and be processed and all that that entails. If Donald Trump plans to use those high-profile moments to distract from the debate where his competitors will be on the stage, we still have to wait and see how all of that gets hammered out between his legal team and the Fulton County DA. But clearly... Donald Trump's legal woes are still going to be a dominant part of this campaign next week, even as the first debate gets underway. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like the show, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. CNN Political Briefing is a product of CNN Audio. Steve Lichtai is our executive producer. Greg Peppers is our supervising producer. Fez Jamil is our senior producer. Our episodes are produced by Krista Bowe and Anna Sterla. We'll be back Monday.